welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by StravaCraft Coffee. You got to use that promo code DNVR20 because when you do, you get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life altering StravaCraft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we're introducing a new concept we're going to be uh, having some fun with on Fridays from here on out, borrowing a little bit from our friends over at DNVR Avalanche and their free skate Friday. We're going with a little free trade Friday for you folks out there. At home, we've discussed a lot of times how Patrick and I have different ideas about how often the Rockies should be trading, but we both agree that the Colorado Rockies can and actually oftentimes have succeeded at improving their ball club through trades. There's a lot of different ways, but you know, Patrick, I used to have this rule, and I guess I haven't betrayed it in quite some time, so I, I suppose it still is. It used to be a pet peeve of mine whenever, before I got into this, whenever I would read an article about somebody suggesting somebody should be traded. And a lot of times it was, you know, back in the day, they got to trade too low. They got to trade cargo. And I was, for who? For what? What are you talking about? We're having half of a conversation. And that always drove me nuts. And so we have figured out a way. And one of the reasons I'm I'm thrilled about this is to to get away from that, to get around half the conversation. It's easy to say, trade for better players, or get rid of this guy because he's not doing his job right, and bring in someone who will do the job better. That gets a lot a lot more complicated when you get specific, and we're going to start getting specific. We're going to look into particular players, particular returns, and we want you to get in on the action right now. Patrick, tell the people how they can do that. Absolutely. You can go to, uh, if you're a subscriber, you can go ahead and leave comments on the dnvr.com on this podcast when it pops up. You can email us, of course, at drew at the dnvr.com or patrick at the dnvr. You can also just straight up tweet at us if you'd like. Uh, That's a super easy way to do it. But another way to to go and kind of show your support and, and show your interest in this topic of FAIR MLB trades is go to a really cool website that came up last summer and I was crazy ecstatic uh, about it. And uh, it, it makes me want to maybe even shave my mustache. I was just so excited. It almost fell off my face in excitement. Oh my but it's called Baseball Trade Values. Uh, pull it up right now as you're listening to us if you'd like. It's called Baseball Trade Values. And what it does is it uses a system, which we'll talk about here in a little bit to evaluate players and their value then allows you to come up with a two team or even you can go so far as have a three team trade where you're you've got guys going back and forth you can even include a little bit of cash to include uh, to improve the value uh that one team is is giving away or or help the cause of another team and coming up with something that can at least be relatively fair when you actually post that on baseballtradevalues.com uh, people can go ahead and vote on it, give it a thumbs up, thumbs down, leave comments on it. So that's one of those uh, locations where we're gonna we're gonna look to find some of that if you're not reaching out to us directly. Yeah, it's gonna be fun to go through these. So, like Patrick was saying there, we'd love to see your ideas. Give us a full, complete trade. Don't tell us, you know, the Rockies got to trade for player X. Well, who are they giving up, or they got to get rid of player Y? Who are they getting back? Let us know. We'll evaluate it. We'll give you our own little thumbs up, thumbs down to the best of our ability. We'll provide you with some of our own uh, throughout the offseason, obviously. And then we'll, we'll be able to do this exact same thing once there are actual trades, uh, presuming. Whether they involve the Rockies or not, we can give them thumbs up, thumbs down for different teams. We can look around uh, baseball. But I do think the Rockies will be making some moves but before you can get into that specifically and henry i i see your question you know we talked about the other day about how the rockies really got to be targeting both the bullpen and potentially maybe a big bat uh maybe a veteran starting pitcher uh with this so so that was kind of where we laid out those priorities but once you get beyond that patrick then you've got to start looking at the specifics you got to start asking yourself 
who are the best trade values in baseball and who are the best trade values on your own team. That gives you a sense of the landscape and what even the asking price would be for a player that you're either looking to move off your team or somebody you're looking to go get. Precisely right. And with any team, you have to look at your window of contention. As we talked about yesterday, go back and listen uh, to the podcast we recorded on Thursday talking about tanking and the idea that if you're ultimately trying to lose as much as possible to get better draft picks, well, then you can go ahead and trade players away, younger players, prospects, so that when you are going to be contending in two, three, or four years, those guys will then be ready for you. So if you're saying, hey, the Rockies should think about doing something like that, and maybe in four years' time, they'll be really, really good. Well, David Dahl, Ryan McMahon, Antonio Senzatella, Kyle Freeland, those guys, after the, about three more seasons uh, of club control, they're free agents. So if they're not going to be part of that uh, next window of contention, those wouldn't be guys you'd want to keep around. So that's what the first thing that Jeff Breidich and, and the Rockies front office is needing to figure out is what is the window? Who are we trying to acquire? Now, the one thing we'll talk about when it comes to trade values is looking at the whole picture. And that's not just a player's value, or rather the player's contributions on the field statistics-wise. No one can doubt if you're making if you're playing fantasy baseball, one of the first guys you're picking, uh, not just an NL only, but as an MLB, is Nolan Arenado. Like there's no two ways about it you want Nolan Arenado on your team. But some folks would say, you know what? His contract might not be too favorable. So you know what? That almost hurts his value. Yes, you can't find a better defensive third baseman in the game right now and a guy who has you know better, better offensive numbers than Nolan Arenado hitting in the clutch quite like him. But his contract deters and detracts a little bit from his resume as far as being a trade chip. Whereas if you were to look at a very young player uh, like a Ronald Acuna, and we'll take a look at some of his contract status, you look and say, all right, well, he's putting up similar numbers to a Nolan Arenado. All right, he's good defensively. How much money is he making? Wait, what? He's, yeah. he's not making any money at all? Well, now that makes him more valuable because ultimately – you pay a certain dollar amount. I, I forget what the exact total is. It might be somewhere close to six and a half, seven million maybe uh, for a win above replacement. So if you just bring a guy in and, hey, he was okay. He was one win above replacement, one more. On average, you pay about $7 million to that guy. So if you're a, a, a five war player, which Nolan Arenado is ultimately, five times seven gives you $35 million. And you say, well, you're getting what you pay for but you're not getting more than that. Right. If you're paying if you're paying Nolan Arenado uh, $14 million, well that's only for two war and you know what? He's worth he's playing way better than that. That's added value that you definitely want. You want guys playing better than what you are paying them for, which is one of the reasons why the youngest players in baseball have the most trade value. Uh, active major league young players, rookies um, and, and right after that, you, you've got some of the, some prospects who are unknown and you can't go out, you know, Fernando Tatis was a very attractive prospect coming up, but now that he's doing it and performing it on the major league level, now his value has gone up even higher, right. especially considering he's making only half a million dollars. He's making the league minimum. Yeah. Yeah, and that is, you know, not to open up a can of worms we don't have time to tackle right now, but it is part of the, the problem with the economics of baseball and the way the CBA is set up, that it basically is the only smart strategy in baseball is to line your roster up with a bunch of dudes who are getting paid less than what they're worth. And that seems off somehow to me, but it's also just true. It's just, it's just a matter of fact. And, I mean, you can have a couple of guys who are just getting paid what they're worth, but you really then can't afford to have guys who are getting paid way more than what they're worth. And as we know, the Colorado Rockies have had plenty of guys on their roster or over their years that have, whether it's Desmond McGee, Shaw, certainly in the last couple of years, Davis, who have just been paid way more than what they were worth. That is an unequivocal problem. You know, you can handle a couple of guys making 30 million if they're $30 million players. If, 
the other guys aren't, but that's when, you know, then we're getting too into the weeds there, but yeah, it, it really is. It's, it's too bad. The economics of baseball is set up this way. And there is an element that I think should be said where it's like a lot of these same players that we're going to go through, like they're great trade values is also another way of saying like, these guys aren't being paid fairly. <laughs> it's just, you know, but it, but as a, as, as a commodity, as a business commodity in the current world of baseball, if I'm a general manager, I have to look at these guys this way. Yeah, and that's similar to our conversation about tanking, where that's a business decision, but it's not a, a, a people decision. You know, ha- developing prospects and being like, okay, by the way, we're you're going somewhere else. That home that you just bought in the Denver right. uh, suburbs, uh, oh. go ahead and sell that. That, that semi-depressing dichotomy is brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery's Hot Peak IPA, by the way. Very nice. So the player that ha- that's, uh, has the most trade value on the Colorado Rockies, I'll give you a couple seconds to think about that, about who has the most value So we just gave Colorado you a big Rockies. hint about who it's not, who you think it might have been. Right. That's right. Because it would be tempting to be like, well, their best player is Nolan, but he's not their best trade value. That's right. So that would be a Mr. Herman Marquez. Now, uh, Fangraphs.com does a fantastic job every year. Uh, They've been doing it for uh, almost close to a decade now where they look at the players with the most trade value. Uh, Herman Marquez was in that list. He had the 22nd uh, most value last year. Uh, He was not in the top 50 this year. Harder to try to uh, figure out, I think, with the the shortened season. No other Rockies made it the the top 50. But this is a look at Herman Marquez and his – contract status and they're saying he'll be worth ultimately in the next five years and that does include this year of 2020 uh 20 wins above replacement as per fangrass 20.7 f war and he's only going to be guaranteed 38 million dollars even if you tack on uh that additional 16 million dollars that's yeah exactly that's still 54 million dollars and you can see if he's providing again consistently four wins above replacement in each year one win above replacement is is seven million dollars basically they've got themselves a 28 million dollar pitcher for the next four seasons and they're not even paying him half of that and that and is why for him to continue to be exactly who he's been without him taking any steps forward which i was very big on him taking a big step forward this year and he just has been who he was, so but still being who he is, he's still as Patrick laid out there for you, um, a great value for for your club. And if he gets better, he'll be that much more of a, a value for this team. Yeah. So on on one hand, you got a guy that has a lot of trade value because he's outperforming how much he's getting paid, and then on the other end, as you mentioned, there are players on the Rockies who are underperforming based on what. Uh, they're being paid. So if the Rockies were to say, you know what, let's move Ian Desmond uh, off of our roster or figured out a way to trade Daniel Murphy, who the team does have an option on. If they decline it, they still have to pay him $6 million. Uh, but if they do decide to pick it up, they they will tack on another $6 million. So he makes $12 million for the year. But if they say, you know what, we don't want to pay Desmond or Murphy at all. Well, now you are you're not trading any value to another team. You're trading negative value to another team. So you need to make up for that, either with money, and we see that happen all the time. Uh, the Robinson Cano deal was was one of the more recent ones where he went to right. the Mets. Seattle said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll throw in a bunch of money. The Dodgers, I think, did it twice with Matt Kemp, where they signed him to this big, long extension. They sent him to San Diego with a bunch right. of money. Right. They acquire him later, trade him to Cincinnati, send even more money to now offset the fact that, you know what, he's not as good of a player as he, as he was before. So you can offset that, that negative value uh, with money or with prospects. And again, whether your system is, is good or not, that's a, that's a difficult thing to say, you know what, we could be giving away a, you know, a, a future contributing player just so we could save a little bit of money. And teams do that you know, very often. That, that's one of the benefits of having a very strong farm system is that it can make up for mistakes, both in depth and both in getting creative with trades. Yeah. And it can open up roster spots. You know, one of the things yeah. again, hint for like my third plug for the Super Bowl pen piece, whatever it's over 3000 words now. So I get to plug this piece a little bit. Um, 
but that, that I've sort of discovered within there is that that very easily could have been done to get them away from some of these contracts a bit earlier. And it's not even that they could have saved money that then, oh, you go out and spend in some other area. It's almost just like, okay, now you open up that spot. Now you're not married to Brian Shaw pitching the seventh inning every night because you're paying him $7 million and because he's out of options and you can't send him to AAA. You can't play the hot hand of the young guy because he's on your roster. And there isn't five years of resume for you to keep tricking yourself into like, okay, he's going to get back to that. You get out from underneath that the roster spot can be just as important. So I do think in this current situation, they're, they're in a unique spot. Cause I think the $6 million is not quite enough for you to part with a prospect over to get out from underneath the Murphy thing, I think. And then there's another eight for Desmond. Uh, so it's like, mm, maybe, maybe, but they should have done it for Brian Shaw. They should have, they could have, should have, would have thrown a, a top prospect in their system, tagged Shaw with them, sent him out of here, and and killed two birds with one stone. And what the Rockies could do is the opposite of that and say, well, you know what? Sure, we'll pay Murphy $6 million to go away. We'll keep Desmond on the roster, even if we just, you know, release him. Even, yeah, sure. But you know what? We got a lot of money coming off the books. So let's look around the league and get creative. Who else is out there that's on a bad contract? And you say, man, J.D. Martinez, his defense is going to destroy us. But he's going to obviously provide a lot of pop in the middle of our lineup because as of right now, there is no designated hitter uh, in uh, the National League in in, in 2021. J.D. Martinez, they'll be going to the commissioner going, come on, baby. Let's acquire the the DH. Yeah, (laughs) they are rolling their their dice heavily there. But you say, okay, we'll take Martinez off uh, your hands there, Boston, pay him his you know, $30 million, and, and that, that could be all your free agent budget. But Boston is also going to be throwing in you know, one, maybe two prospects, a little bit of money. So you get creative and say, well, you know what, let's, let's, let's make something positive out of this situation. We haven't really seen you know, the Rockies do, do that. You know, like, no, but I like that for a bat. I like that idea. But but there I are do with a bad pitching contract, but with a guy, yeah, I like that idea a lot. Right, and and that's one of the reasons why you know it's it's not fair um, that the National League doesn't have the DH because right. you you you're at a at a disadvantage. You know, again, twenty twenty two and beyond, when we think you know that we're going to get a CBA where that'll definitely be the case forever that the designated hitter in both leagues now the Rockies can go around and if there's an Albert Pujols like player on on a contract say hey let's bring him in you know could be good for clubhouse culture we can we're going to sell some jerseys sell some merchandise especially if he's going over 700 home runs and you go uh you know that's this is weird but at the same time you know what they also did acquire a really good prospect from the Angels or a team like that so it allows you to again there there's much more of a lasting effect rather than Hey, you tried something for one year; it didn't work. When really, what you were trying to do was look down the road and acquire that prospect. Right now, a guy that I know you're you're interested in, Drew, is Shane Bieber. Uh, yep. he's, he's going to be the the American League Cy Young Award winner this year. And for a guy who's in the same class as a Garrett Cole now at this point, essentially, again, not not as much history of of being an ace, but man, the last you know two years, maybe two years plus, pitching like an ace, uh, Clayton Kershaw, Zach Greinke, Max Scherzer, all of those guys are making over $30 million a year. And while we don't have the numbers for what he's going to be making, it's it's arbitration and that's it. So that means next year, he's still only going to be, he's not even going to arbitration yet. So he'll still be making about $600,000. That's yeah. it. We're talking yeah. about the AL Cy Young Award winner yeah. is not even making a million dollars because he's not even going to arbitration yet. Mm, when he does, sad. he'll start getting money, but it's slowly going to go up. And maybe by the time he's 29 years old uh, in his final year before free agency, uh, you could see him you know, making something close to uh, $24 million. I really don't think uh, – I don't know what the highest arbitration number is for a pitcher. That, that might be even way too high at – it's somewhere around in the in, in the twenty million dollar mark. I yeah. think Nolan was set to possibly set yeah. that a couple of years ago. So um, it, it, the numbers really don't go that high. And again, that's one of the reasons why if you get a young guy that's doing 
what Shane Bieber, Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto, all those guys are doing. You want to lock them up to a long-term deal because not only what it does is it puts a little bit more scratch in their pocket. Again, Shane, Shane Bieber is making less than a million dollars next year. Well, you say, hey, we'll, we'll give you $3 million next year. Now that's really going to set you up nicely. They the did next with Marquez, right? Same thing. They, they it, literally took Marquez exactly from right. a guy who was making under a million bucks to a guy who's sitting on four a year in an instant. It's, and his deal and it's is guaranteed. It's guaranteed. It's that's guaranteed. the other thing that Herman Marquez goes, well, I got to be careful. I don't get Tommy John. And you know, Hey, when I go into free agency, it's like, Straight no, up. the Rockies took care of me. The Rockies took care of me. Right. Cleveland may want to do that with Shane Bieber, all these guys. Atlanta did it with Ronald Acuna Jr. And they say, you don't have anything to worry about. Go out and play baseball. And that's that's a, that's a real advantage if you've got a special player like that, the right mindset. And and you just got to hope that he doesn't go, well, I got paid, so I don't really have to worry about anything. Right. Obviously, there's going to be some integrity involved in there, and there's nobody with more integrity, I think, really, uh, on the Rockies club right now than Herman Marquez. So you know he's right. still going out. He's still grinding. grinding. He's still going to be a free agent at some point, right? And if he does well enough, they could sign him to another extension. Right. It happened with Evan Longoria. He signed a deal after like, uh, I think a month, it was less than that with Tampa Bay. Uh, then I think Tampa Bay felt really bad because they're like, man, we're really paying this guy peanuts. Put put together a couple more all-star seasons. They extended him even further. And Throw now the giants team. are, now the giants are having to pay that, that album. Yep. Off, but. They sure are. No. And it, like, and straight up, like it's, it's interesting because Marquez was so young when, when he broke in and I think it's going to work out relatively well for him because he's going to hit free agency around the age of 30. You keep striking out 200 dudes or the pace of at Coors Field. Uh, you keep putting up these numbers. He's going to do just fine. So, uh, and I think, I still think he's going to get better uh, and will remain either. And that'll be interesting because if he has a great start to next season and the rest of the team does not, if they continue to fizzle the way everybody else does, he'll be their best chip. Everyone's talking about, you got to trade Nolan and Trevor while you can. And it's like, it may be a matter of you got to trade Marquez while you can, but I think they'll go in the other direction. But keep that in mind if if they don't. Right, that definitely can can you know speed up a a rebuild. Um, definitely the, the guy that's got the most value because as we talked about yesterday, yeah. when you when when you just you put it out there and say, hey, all of MLB, the other twenty nine teams, what's your best offer? You know, you're only gonna you're only gonna get so much for those middling guys. I mean. Antonio Senzatella right. is a guy a lot of teams are, are kicking the tires on and would love to have. He's not Herman Marquez. Uh, David Dahl, all right, maybe his value's down, but dude was an all-star. He's not Herman Marquez. And all of that just has to do with his contract status because he's being paid so little and he's providing so much more value than what he's actually being paid. You're going to have a team that goes out there and you know, maybe makes a Herschel Walker-type trade where – you know, they, they're giving up a ton of prospects or even some major league ready players. I mean, think about how deep the Dodgers are and how they keep bringing up prospects to come right. up. You know, what if they were to do something like that, you know, this off season and say like, all right, well, you know, we're, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll give you Will Smith, you know, because Hey, Austin Barnes is doing a good job behind the plate. We've got uh Kiebert Ruiz is a young uh, catching prospect that they have that they believe in. We'll give you, you know, Will Smith, a, a great catching prospect who's, you know, played fantastically so far here already in the playoffs. Throw in some other major league talent. Hey, uh, Tony Gonsolin, go ahead. We are pitching, you know, starting rotation is great. So now you go ahead and you shore up for one player. Again, he's fantastic. Nobody doesn't not want to see double negative. Yep, Nobody yep. doesn't not want to see Herman Marquez, Marquez at 20th and Blake on the yep. mound every five days. If you're a season ticket holder, you're probably a you're ultimately a Herman Marquez fan because you're going, look, I'm getting season tickets because I want to see Herman Marquez every fifth day on that mound at Coors Field. Everybody wants that. But if you can take one guy that plays every five days and turn him into a couple of regulars that play every day that are not just starters, but really good above average starters. That's that could be a hard thing for Colorado to pass up in the next year or two. Yeah, you know, it's uh, I, I've said a lot of times before, especially because of the uniqueness of Coors Field and the way he's handled it and the way this particular group of pitchers have handled it. That I'd I'd like to see this group get another run. But when you look over at these trades that are just proposed by a bunch of randos on 
uh, the, the baseball tradevalues.com that we shared with everybody earlier, the vast majority of them, I think, are made by fans of other teams trying to get either Herman Marquez or Trevor Story. But the Herman Marquez trades, like you look at them and you go, because of the way he's valued, guys got to offer a lot. And it's usually Marquez for like five names. And I'm not thrilled by every one of the packages. And I haven't seen one yet that I'm like, okay, I would do that. But to see, like you just said, five names coming in, I've always been an advocate of quantity is almost as important as quality, especially in Colorado, when two of those guys just aren't going to figure out Coors Field. So if you trade Marquez for two guys and it happened, you happen to go over two, well, now you're screwed. You trade Marquez for five guys, you're going to get value. And, and that's very interesting. And so, I, you know, he's the guy that the Rockies have who could achieve such a return. If you continue to wheel and deal, story also. Let's yeah, if, if you make if you wheel and deal and make you know tons of trades, you can ultimately do what Tampa did. They had David Price; uh, he was going to be a free agent, um, and then, then after the next season, so they went turned around, dealt him to Detroit in a three-team deal, and got three players for David Price. Turned around, they made two more trades after that, and so here we are now. Some. Uh, four, I think five years, it was five years. It was 2014 when they made this deal. We are five, six seasons away from them trading David Price, who had a little bit more than one year of control left. And now, again, some five, six years later, they have about nine more years of control. Willie Adamas at shortstop. Brian Yarborough's got about three more years. There's somebody else that was in there in that group. And you just say like, okay, you know, You've, you've got a lot of chips here. You're, it's, it's business. It's very much business-like. Again, you're, I know you're, you're dealing with, with human beings here and stuff, but if you're looking at the bigger picture and you're trying to win a championship, you got to look at that and say, man, we're getting a lot of quantity. I, I find there to be a lot of you know, quality in quantity. I'm not a huge yeah. you know, buffet guy, but there's quantity there's quality in that quantity, right? It's, yeah, right. It, all the food is so, so it's whatever, but you're going there, you're getting stuffed, you're excited. You're trying a little bit of everything. There's kind of quality in that. And, you know, when push comes to shove, there are, you know, organizations out there when they get behind the eight ball and they, you know, there's maybe their system is poor. Uh, their window of contention seems to be closed and the future looks a little bit dim. Push comes to shove. You need to start looking towards that, that quantity versus quality because you frankly don't have enough quality. Yeah. Yeah. That, that can often be the case. I'll tell you something that's absolutely quality and quantity though, is that's the WGT golf. Cause you can play it as often as you want. It's totally free, but that doesn't mean that it's not quality. It's loved by over 20 million players around the world, including just about everybody here in the DNVR community. And if you think I'm making that up, you think I'm just saying, no, everybody loves it. We have had to create three different clubhouses to get people involved in this thing. We're probably going to happen to open up a fourth very, very soon. So jump into that third one so that you can say you were, you were a part of the OG3 for the DNVR clubhouses here at WGT Golf. Go to the dnvrgolf.com, download it totally for free. You can play closest to the hole or full stroke play at world-famous golf courses, including Beth Page Black, St. Andrews, uh, all kinds of other stuff. If you're really into the golf experience, you get the top golf gear. You can deck yourself out with fancy golf clubs and equipment and golf balls and all that kind of stuff. If you're not and you just like poking a wacky stick and, and pressing a button on your phone for a little bit of entertainment and relaxation while you're standing in line at the bank either way this game is for you totally free the official sponsor of dnvr gaming we love them over there at wgt golf they treat us well make sure you treat them well and all you got to do is download a free app to do it so do that today at dnvrgolf.com all right, Patrick, uh, let's get into a couple of these before we sign off. Uh, specific ideas. You got to love a few specific ideas. Like I said, I, I, I used to run through the rule. I don't like, you know, I'll trade so-and-so. Like, let's let's run through some actual proposals. So we talked about Trevor's story having a ton of value and, and being the most popular guy that, 
that other teams fans love uh, to covet. And and by the way, this this isn't necessarily a new phenomenon. Like if if you grew up in the tri-state area, you'd have loved New York talk radio with the crazy, like there are people still right now trying to call in radio stations saying, I think the Yankees need to get Ronald Acuna, you know, right. play left field. And, and it's like, and well, first off, you're not getting Ronald Acuna. Oh, well, why not? Like you just can't just get a guy. You can't just have that guy. The other team needs to sign off. Like why in the world would, you know, again, you name the 10 best players in MLB, those teams are not trading that guy. Right. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. But again, as time, you know, rolls on, rolls along and certain guys get closer to free agency, they lose a little bit of value and, you know, increase their value to their club to say, you know what? Maybe it's time to move on and get what we can for this guy. So here's one of those proposals, again, from Baseball Trade Values. You could go on there, propose your own deals. Uh, if you're a subscriber, you can also go into Discord or email Drew and myself. And this deal is the New York Yankees. I think I have that correct. I think they're a baseball the, team. Yeah, I think that's the name of the team. In yeah. upstate New York. Uh, they would be acquiring Trevor Story, who even with, you know, a, a – only one year left on his deal is, you know, incredibly attractive player to have. And for that, the Rockies would get a package of five players from least valuable to most valuable. You got third baseman, first baseman, outfielder, Miguel Andujar, yeah. catcher, Gary Sanchez. Uh, I also need to include Mike Ford, a first baseman there, older guy in his late twenties, uh, Luis Medina and righty Domingo Herman. And you can see here, if you're if you're watching live, um, that the values aren't exact, right? It, it appears as if the Yankees would be getting maybe a little bit more than the Rockies, but it does give us somewhat of a framework to say, you know, what would Jeff Breidich want for something like that? And again, these are all relatively young guys, Sanchez, Andujar, Ford, they're all major league ready players, as is Herman. So that wouldn't be confusing, two, two guys named Herman on the same yeah, right. starting okay. rotation. First time, right? Gonzalez, Herman, remember? Uh, yeah, very true. Also, also from that uh, 2016 squad. So, again, you, you it gives you somewhat of a framework as to what a deal like that would look for. This would be more major league talent. This would yeah. this would really keep Colorado afloat a little bit more yeah. with some with some hope that hey, some of these guys have upside. Gary Sanchez immediately becomes the favorite for uh, greatest catcher in, in franchise history. Immediately, yeah. I mean, right. it, it, give it like 18 months and boom, he's already, you know, taking the spot from Chris Iannetta essentially. Um, yep. Or again, if you go if you go in on baseballtradevalues.com, you can, you know, maybe swap out some of those major league players and say, well, you know what, let's bring some younger guys to. Get a little younger, yeah. And you can project. A critique of that trade is if you're yes, moving story guys. out, yeah. You want to get a little – I like the idea. I mean, give me Gary – like you just said, come, just let me have two years of a catcher who rakes. I love Gary Sanchez. but And he's got a great arm too. I think he's underrated defensively. Again, def defensive catching, like we're, we're all over the map trying to measure that. So um, I think you can get decent value out of him. But, yeah, that would be my biggest critique of that particular deal is removing Trevor's story. That's more of a retool than a rebuild. Yeah. You said you're, you're, you're trying to stay afloat there. And you've not done too much. Now, if Domingo Herman can come in and solidify your bullpen a little bit, you get guys to bounce back. You could compete with a roster like that. But I think if I'm moving story, I'm looking to get top prospects more than uh, solid young guys at the big league level, even though they're probably more reliable. Like every guy on that list you can expect to get, like they should be solid. Um, so it's you know not totally insane uh, in terms of a value swap. Yeah, it, and, and it might even free you up to make some more deals too, where you say, All right, we got got rid of story and you know we've we've got four guys we can plug in uh, immediately at the major league level and it allows us to to shop whoever else and basically take the best offer. So if the best offer is out there for Nolan Arenado, boom, Miguel Andahar is now our, our starting third baseman. Or again, he, he might even be able to play some second base, his defense. Sure. Does leave a uh, it does lack a lot, but but his bat is 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 very good. Um, again, if if it's if it's a, a an outfielder or Tapia and Dahl the 
the response is overwhelming. Andohar has played some outfield. You've got that that option, and, and Sanchez, you you just wouldn't be trading him at all. But nope. maybe Elias Diaz is the best offer that's out there, and you, you bring Tony Walters sure, back. I, sure. I actually think even outside of, of this particular deal, I think Gary Sanchez definitely needs a, a change of scenery. I think the Yankees are going to be interested in, in, in moving him this offseason, and he is – He's the the number one player. I think the Rockies should go after. You know, it could could be a headache. You know, he's going to get a lot of money in arbitration still, um, so he won't be cheap. But I think you have a chance to to do something special. And and again, it's 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 not every day that you can have a guy with this much upside, you know, available where his team is kind of maybe a little bit fed up with them, and and you've got that opportunity here. Yeah, I'd I'd rather move a, a promising young player. I'd rather move uh, a prospect to acquire a, a Gary Sanchez in a in a move that almost goes a little bit the other direction, like you said. But um, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. I'll, I'll look deeper into that. I'll see if I can work some of my own trades on our new tool here around him. Right, and and a lot of those deals you're going to see you your your Trevor stories is right there. Yeah, John Gray, um, Herman Marquez. So it's the second tier guys where you go, yeah, but that's, that's more likely where you're going to find a trade. So here was another one that I found to be very interesting. Another New York team uh, deal, a uh, coincidence. Uh, where are you no, from? Probably not. Who is this guy? Come on. It what are probably, you doing? You it doing? probably isn't a coincidence. It's probably, again, those, those hardcore baseball cities, they're just loving to, to covet other teams players. And so in this deal, uh, the Mets would acquire Ashton Godot. We've got an Ashkin Godot fan out there in Queens, apparently. And That's Ryan right. McMahon. Uh, in return, the Rockies get Dom Smith, who can play some first base, we know. Yeah. Uh, probably would be. He's a better first baseman than he is a left fielder. And they would have to eat Jerry's Familia's contract. Here's an example of a deal where Familia has negative value. Now, not on the field, but in his overall value because of what he's getting paid. He's it's almost like he's he's a mid-range closer money of what's uh, being given to him out there. So the the Rockies would be eating his contract, but in exchange, they would be getting you know a guy that's got some serious pop there from the left side in Dom Smith. Yeah, I you know I, people obviously who know me know where I'm going to balk at this one a little bit, being that I believe in the future value of Ryan McMahon, and so I think in the future he's going to be. Uh, as valuable maybe as a Dom Smith. But the reason why I don't hate this trade is anytime you can put in front of me uh, moving out uh, a position player, Ashton Godot is is what he is. Um, for, like you said, now uh, Familia is not worth the value of his contract, but he's got a career ERA plus of 122. Put up a 115 last year. It was bad, or this year. It was bad the year before last year. And before that, 122, 130, 126. So he may not be worth what he's getting paid. But as, a, as an actual guy who comes in and you throw into your bullpen, and now that he's on a new team, his role isn't guaranteed. You've inherited his contract. He's going to pitch wherever you want him to pitch. If you've already got Oberg and, and you've brought back Daniel Bard, and you're, you know, you're maybe expecting to get a few more out of these guys in Estevez and Diaz, or you've made another move, Michael Givens still in the picture. Familia being thrown in there actually makes me feel a lot better about the Rockies' bullpen. Again, not because of his ultimate value as a player, but because he's just better than what they have out there, and that's a position of need. So I'd hold on to Ryan McMahon just because I'd hold on to Ryan McMahon, but I don't hate this conceptually yeah i think last off season having seen this deal it would be like no no, no. what ryan mcmahon are you kidding me he's gonna be a 2020 all-star um there's also there's also not going to be any kind of pandemic why would i even say that i'm just making predictions of course there hasn't been a pandemic in 100 years so you know those kind of predictions you make every off season about players being all-stars and what awful tragedy are, is going to happen to our society um <laughs> but, but yeah, we would have said McMahon was going to take a huge step forward, and on no planet would you trade him. I still don't think he's he's one of those guys that they would 
would give up on unless they were really blown away and unless they had a much bigger plan because because that's the piece too is I I don't know if there's really would be any trade out there that you would uh, unload Ryan McMahon if there were a series of trades and you go all right now let's take a step back what did you get okay that that makes more sense so you know even even in this deal that that lines up really well with that trade value as you see there there uh, seven point ten and seven on the on the nose. Okay. But I don't think the Rockies are interested in, in moving on, on from McMahon. I think the Mets, you know, have had their fill of, of Dom Smith, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah. You know, Familia again is, is a guy that uh, I think they're, they're tired of. They're ready to move on. You know, he was suspended in 2017 for 15 games with domestic violence issues. Um, so, you know, you, you have those, you have the, those challenges to say, uh, I got to pay this guy more than he's worth, and he has a troubled history. That's negative. But again, if if you need to get creative, and if the Rockies want to get creative, go out there and look at the guys uh, again using baseball trade values that have the least amount of value, because odds are they are getting paid more than they're worth. And now you can kind of work from there and say, all right, we'll take this albatross and we'll take this headache, and maybe we'll take the headache and then just cut them. There's also that option too. The the Dodgers right. did it last year uh, in in that that Camp Puig Alex Wood deal. They took Homer Bailey immediately, cut him, and said, "Sure, we'll pay you twenty four million dollars to not ever wear Los Angeles <laughs> Dodgers uniform." But in exchange, they right. got Peter Downs and Josiah Gray, so they got two prospects for their money. So the Rockies could get creative enough to do something like that this offseason. and I think really surprise a lot of people in doing so. Yeah, yeah, I I think so. I'm gonna slip one in. Uh, Patrick was of course as well. You, you look if you listen to this podcast, you know who's the the good kid who did the homework well ahead of time and showed up prepared for class, and who was scribbling the notes out in the hallway just ahead of time, but still somehow ends up with an A minus because f that guy. You know which one of us are those two people, right? So I'm slipping this one in here. Uh, Wait, what did the prepared kid get on his test? Well, you get the X. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, he got an A. That's fine. I just didn't know if you were like, oh, by the way, he got a C for all that. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Now I don't like this analogy. Yeah. No. Then that's brutal, right? Then that then that's real brutal. Um, but I found one just as we were looking here at uh, baseball trade values that goes in the other direction. So I want to throw a little bit of red to, uh, if nobody else, my mother, who's very frustrated at the talk of trading all the good players away. Maybe so. she's not going to love this either because it's two young players she really likes. But here's one I just found going through here that's an uh, adding of immediate value for young players that maybe we're not quite sure of. And it was uh, the Rangers acquiring Sam Hilliard. So, hey, he gets to play back home in Texas. A little bit of a little bit of going back home there for Sam Hilliard and Brandon Rogers. We all know that's you know been a, a big point of contention in a lot of different ways. Will he turn into the big thing? Is he more worth you know the value? And the Rockies get in return Joey Gallo and Rugnid Odor. Rugnid. 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 So Odor is the tough contract that you're taking on there. He's at a, a negative 26 value. Uh, and it's basically like you were talking about, you're 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 moving Rogers uh, so that you can take on this bad contract. We had talked about doing it the other way. This is how the Rockies could acquire a player for it. What do you get in return for sending out two young players that you like and taking on this bad contract for a veteran? Now we'll talk about Odor a little bit more in a second, but you get Joey Gallo, a dude who rakes and also is not even close to being a defensive liability. He's a very good defender. And so he actually helps you out in a lot of ways. He can play left. He can play right. He's got a great arm. He, I don't know if I mentioned this, rakes. And he strikes out a lot. <laughs> but other than that, like that's really the one negative on his resume. He helps you. You know, move Charlie Blackman more into a DH role if that's what you're looking to do. He gives you that big bat. If, if you're of the belief the Colorado Rockies need one more big bat to help out Blackman's story, Arenado, I don't know that there's anybody out there who I think would be a better fit. Maybe Jose Abreu 
uh, that, uh, you know, that's the, probably the only guy I can think of who would be legitimately conceivably available. Um, and in a move like this, it maybe even would take a little bit more, but this isn't inconceivable to me. And the idea of acquiring a player like Joey Gallo, who could would be the number five guy this year, he would have slid right into the number four hole with all of Nolan Arenado's struggles, would have made it very easy to make that decision and move him down. In a normal year, he's providing protection uh, in a great year for him. You're you're moving him right up into the middle. Maybe you're batting him second just to make the top of the lineup absolutely insane. Um, and then I think there's a way to get value out of Odor, um, especially if you're not married to starting him 150 games. And so, you know, there's a guy who slugs even this last year he hit patrick he hit 167 but he hit 10 home runs wow. uh, he hit 30 home runs the year before um oh, what is it 18 you know the guy the guy runs into him uh not all change the scenery too yeah yeah and yeah I, I think that I'm Hilliard, i love brendan rogers um i'm certain if the rockies pulled off this move brendan rogers would become a five-time all-star for the Texas Rangers. But um, if you are looking, the other thing that I love about a move like this is then it totally frees you up to not have to be concerned about your offense and to go spend all your free agent dollars on the bullpen and a relief and maybe a veteran starter or do whatever. Because if you inject a, a guy like Gallo, you feel pretty good about this Rockies offense. Yeah, this is a really great trade to to discuss for free trade Fridays and uh, and to get people to to check out baseballtradevalues.com because it, it yeah, it gives us so much, you know, great stuff to talk about and kind of show like, hey, if you take on a bad contract like Rubnet Odor, you can bring back a really talented player. Um, and again, the Rangers say no to this probably, you know, 9 times out of 10 mainly because it's like, well, wait a minute, we're two of our top, you know, uh, jerseys you see, but with our fans around the ballpark are going, we can really only afford to maybe trade one of those guys, unless we're getting overwhelmed again, unless we're getting even, uh, you got to throw another prospect for that. Right. Um, and, and you say with Colorado, you know, they get those, they get Gallo and Odor, you know, that might be, uh, depending on what other trades are made, you know, they might not really be able to do much more in the free agent market because they're, they're taking on that money. So that's, that's the cool thing about, about trades where if you really, when you dig into it, you can't just, as you started off by saying, just go, all right, we want that guy, that guy, and that guy. You, you can't actually make that work and then expect to go out and maybe spend more money in free agency or expect to contend the year after that, because you've now totally, uh, blown up your farm system. So it's, it's this nuanced thing. It's, it's harder than most people think, you know, I don't know if it's as uh, hard as brain surgery. Uh, but I would say it is a very challenging thing to, to, you know, to have to deal with. Uh, but you can get creative. Uh, you don't need a doctorate in order to try to figure out a way to improve your club. But, but this one is a real great one where, uh, where you can see it from all perspectives as you and I just kind of both laid out and you go, yeah, maybe. That that is that is a deal where I think Rangers and Rockies fans would both be pretty happy with. Yeah, no, like I said, I, I think Rockies would have to throw them another little something. But send us yours. Send us yours out there. Find you know something that that you think would make the Rockies better or make them constructively worse, <laughs> if, if that's the direction that you want to go to make them uh, better potentially in the long run. Uh, because it does force us to be a little bit more honest uh, about the conversation. Uh, I think that's sort of the word I've, I've danced around there for a little while. I, I think a lot of times, um, having used this quote in a very long time, I, it's every nice. It's nice when every once in a while I can quote my dad. But it was, you know, it 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 takes a great deal of time and effort and energy and thought to build a house. And absolutely none to tear one down. And so, you know, it's really easy to say, get rid of this guy, get rid of that guy, fire him, get rid of all the things I don't like. Um, it's much more difficult to say yourself, here's how I would build the house. Here's my blueprint. Here's what I would do. 
And so join us for these free trade Fridays and, and help us you know, build the house, build a blueprint. It's a, it's a lot more constructive and fun and interesting than just tearing stuff down, which anybody can do. Yeah. It, the, the cool thing that I like, if, if we're going to take that analogy to another st step is, and I, again, I'm not, I, I've never worked in construction and, and I don't know, know all that much about building homes myself, but I do know a lot of times when, um, you know, there are, there is new construction or someone purchases a home and they want to build uh, something else on it. They leave up one wall because you leave up that one wall and now all you're doing is putting an extension on the house. You're not building a brand new home. You are, you're taking a piece of it and you know, yes, it's, it's the last strand, but you're keeping a piece of it in order for you to then do the rest that you need to do. So even using that analogy, when it comes to the Rockies go crazy, right? Even if we're talking about tanking, you trade everybody, we would literally trade everybody and you would keep some guys around and there would be guys that, would spend their, you know, the entirety of their career through those bad times and through some of those good times, or would 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 come up as prospects when they're losing, and would just, you know, fade away or or go into free agency uh, eventually. But you would still keep at least one wall at all yeah. times. That's right. So we want to know who's your wall. <laughs> we want to know who you're moving out, but we want to know also what you're getting back, what your future ideas, what your plan is build the Rockies, whether it's in 2021 or in 2024 and beyond. These are going to continue to be really fun conversations. And right now they get to be as open as we want them to be. It's, it's wide open until they start actually making moves. And then we'll all have perfect practice to be able to give them a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Uh, thanks everyone. This has been a lot of fun. Be sure to join us for it next Friday. Remember, we're doing these every day at 4.05 p.m. Monday through Friday live on Facebook and Periscope. On Wednesday, we're also live on YouTube for the DFA show, which is just going to get more fun and wacky and interesting throughout the offseason. So you got to join us for those. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click the bell icon to get notified when we're going live there. Make sure you're following us on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the dnvr.com so you don't miss out on any of that written content, including, I promise, the Super Bullpen article that's coming very soon. You get discounts on hats, shirts, masks, and beer when you come down to the DNVR bar. So make sure you get hooked up with that DNVR subscription. So many cool things that come with it, including being part of one of the greatest and most fun sports communities anywhere in the world. It really is a pleasure to be able to chat with all of you each and every day, answer your questions, talk about what the Rockies are doing. We'll have more on how these playoffs have gone, starting to get into some World Series action next week, uh, and then officially into some offseason, there's going to start being some news. So hold on to your butts, stay with us, continue to be absolutely awesome out there. We will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons, Andrew Creaseman in here. And until next time, We'll see you at the ballpark.